A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving the greater Cleveland area. You can find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Scott has more than 20 years of experience in the financial planning and uh, retirement planning world, and we're looking forward to tapping into that knowledge on the show today as we get ready to discuss the top 10 tax questions for retirees 2023 edition. So the very uh, timely conversation here before tax day is kind of around the corner at this point. And we've Mm -hmm. also got a good listener question today from Ethan, who is frustrated and stressed out. And uh, it's a long question, so uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing right now. We'll save it for the end of the show, but a little preview of what's going on in Ethan's world. And uh, $10 million. That's our question, our getting to know you question this week. What about the $10 million? We'll tell you a little bit later on. What would we do with it and uh, there's some stipulations there. So that's going to be kind of a fun hypothetical to explore. Scott, can't wait to get to all that with you today. What's uh, going on with you? Well, you know what? It's uh, you know March full lacrosse season, my favorite time of the year. I, uh, you know, I'm coaching, I'm going to games, and uh, yeah, I love it. I know it. you're uh, getting out there, and uh, it's just great to be outdoors, I'm sure, and then to be around. Do you, do you just feed off of a lot of the energy of just being around the competitiveness of a sport. I find that whenever I'm involved in some sort of, no matter what level of sport it is, it's just fun to be around competition a little bit, even if it's not intense. It just gives you kind of this extra different kind of spirit, I think. I, I love sports, and I love that, and that's a, probably a big reason why. And, you know, it's different professional sports, right? These guys are getting paid big money to do all this stuff. There's something about youth and, and high school and college athletics that are a little bit more pure. You know, because they're doing it to have fun and they enjoy it. And there's an excitement, a passion. And I know coaching, I mean, I love it. These girls get so excited. Yeah, they're competitive. I know, you know, the girls are like, yeah, we're going to kick their butt, you know. And, and yeah, I that's one of the big draws to sports, I think. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, feeding off of that energy is uh, is fantastic. I do miss the days when I broadcasted sports just because you got to be around the team and around that energy and excitement and uh, kind of fuels mm-hmm. you in other ways in life. So very cool. I know this must uh, must always be a fun time of year for you. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into our main conversation today. We mentioned it was going to be about taxes. And, you know, retirement often comes with lots of tax questions and concerns. So from understanding tax implications of withdrawing from your retirement accounts to minimizing taxes, perhaps on investment income, it can get overwhelming at all the different levers that you can pull. So what we want to do on today's episode is say, all right, it's 2023. What are some of the top questions that retirees are asking when it comes to taxes? And before you file those 2022 taxes, perhaps, and plan ahead for the rest of the year, maybe on today's episode, we can give you some things to point out and think about that will make a difference in your ultimate filing and maybe lessening that tax burden on you this year and into the future. So we've got our top 10 list here, Scott, and uh, let's dive in. Number one on our checklist for uh, top 10 tax questions is, what are the tax implications of withdrawing money from my retirement accounts? Why is that an important question to get the answer to? Well, because, you know, 
when uh, I teach my college classes, you know, we kind of go through and we talk about, you know, all the different, you know, types of accounts because every account that you take from is going to be taxed differently. So your taxable account, these are your normal bank accounts where you get 1099s every year. You pay taxes on the interest and dividends on those every year. So they don't compound, you know, from a tax standpoint. And then your IRAs, they're going to, you know, you're going to get the tax deduction when you put the money in or it comes out of your paycheck. It's going to go tax deferred. It's taxable when it comes out. And then you've got tax free. That's, you know, you're going to pay taxes in the beginning. It's going to grow tax free. And then that money comes out tax free. So when you get into retirement and you start funding retirement, depending where, which one of those buckets you take your money from, you know, is going to greatly impact your tax situation. So one of the things that we always recommend is you get a, uh, in your retirement income plan is that you integrate that with your taxes. Because an example would be, I just have a client that's retiring this year, worked at uh, Sherwin-Williams, had a bunch of stock options, all these things. Well, we started working years ago. We started building up their regular taxable accounts, their bank accounts, brokerage accounts that aren't IRAs. So that when they retire, they're going to retire earlier, like in their early 60s. We're going to fund their retirement with that taxable bucket, thus dropping their tax rates pretty much down to zero. And then we're going to start doing Roth conversions at very low tax rates to convert that money to tax-free to use later on in their retirement. So it's very important which buckets you use, and, and, and there's a huge implication on how it's going to affect your taxes. Very good. And I think that's really helpful to kind of understand uh, when you're looking at your tax situation and, and withdrawing. There's so many different little, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to go over 10 tips today or 10 questions asked today, but just that one probably leads to another 20 questions all on its oh, own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll keep it high level today. So let's move on to number two, top 10 tax questions. And the second one is about Social Security. And this is a common one. Hey, it, it, there's some confusion around here. Is my Social Security, are, are those benefits taxed? Yeah, they absolutely are. And, it, and when they originally started off, they weren't taxed. But there was two different times throughout uh, two different presidents, Clinton and Bush. Uh, re, you know, there were two times that they increased the taxation of Social Security. So until Clinton, it was not taxed. But now, up to eighty-five percent of your Social Security can be taxed, and it's tricky because they they use a calculation called provisional income to find out how much of your Social Security is going to be taxed. To make it very simple, provisional income is all your normal income, whether it be your, your wages, your interest, dividends, rental income. It includes withdrawals from IRAs, pensions, so all your normal income, plus municipal bond interest, plus half of your Social Security. Wow. So in other words, if you're getting $30,000 in Social Security, you're starting already your provisional income already includes 15 grand, which is half of your Social Security. And now if that number is between 30 for a married uh, filing jointly couple between 32,000 and 44,000, they're going to tax 50% of your Social Security. If it's over 44,000, they're going to tax 85%. So Yes, certainly Social Security is going to be taxed for the majority of people in their retirement. Okay, very good. Next question on the list would be, does the taxation of my pension income differ from other forms of income? 
Yeah, this is a good question. And no, it is your pension income is going to be taxed as ordinary income, hmm. just like everything else out there. So, you know, if, if you've got a pension for $1,000 a month, there's $12,000 that's getting added onto your income with your interest, dividends, part-time job, whatever the case may be. So that's taxed at ordinary income tax rates. That keeps it nice and simple, I suppose. So, yeah, straightforward. We like that. Uh, we did an entire episode about this on the most recent uh, program here on the Retirement Toolbox. So go back and check out the previous episode if you want to learn all about the SECURE Act. But uh, let's throw it into this list as well because it did get passed in January. So how does the recent passage of SECURE Act 2.0 affect my retirement income and taxes? Well, you know, just like every every new act that comes through on retirement, there is some great uh, changes that are going to impact uh, your retirement. And, you know, there's too many to mention here on this podcast, but one of the big things are uh, they pick, push the required minimum distribution back to age 73 now and possibly age 75, depending on what your age is. And they've also increased the catch up that you can make over age 50 to your retirement accounts. They now have some rules that allow you to convert 529s to Roth IRAs. They changed a little bit the way qualified charitable distributions work for your RMDs. So a lot of different things change, and they're all going to affect your retirement. And if you want, you can always send us an email, schedule a 15-minute phone call, or give us a call, and uh, we'll be more than happy to send you out our secure 2.0 report that we generated that lists 15 key provisions of the uh Secure Act that'll affect your retirement accounts. All right, very good. We're almost halfway through the list. Here's number five. Are there any special tax deductions or credits that become available for retirees? You know, there's not a lot that generally pop out that you know, you're going to have a lot. One of the big things now is with the new tax, you know, with the uh, 1996 tax rate changes, uh, we actually have the standard deduction now. So people don't need to worry about itemizing and, and keeping all their charitable receipts and all that unless they go over, you know, roughly $27,000 of $27,700 to be uh, exact for a married couple um, of deductions. So you know, that's always been an issue for retirees previously because you really didn't have a lot of your deductions you could take off your taxes because you didn't have mortgage interest and all that. But now that standard deduction helps out a lot of retirees. And as the way the tax law stands now, that's set to expire December 31st, 2025, unless Congress acts to change that. You know, one of the deductions we do use a lot, though, uh, are qualified charitable di uh, distributions out of their RMDs or their IRAs. So basically, in a nutshell, if you have to take $10,000 RMD out of your IRA account, you can actually contribute $3,000 of that 10 or however much you want. You could do all 10 and you would not pay taxes on it. So it would go as a charitable contribution out of your RMD. So there, there's things like that, but that's kind of the biggies. All right. Very good. Halfway through this top 10 tax questions for retirees in 2023. Here's the next on the list. How will my taxes change if I decide to move to another state in retirement? You've, you've had folks bounce around to different states after retiring, right? 
Yeah, I mean we've got we've got we've got clients all around the country and it is amazing how the tax rates do change. We all know, you know, states that that have, you know, no state income tax. Florida, Texas, Nevada, Wyoming, South Dakota, Tennessee, you know, there's no state income taxes in those states and Washington too, I believe. And then some of them have a flat state income tax, some have progressive state income taxes. Some of them, like Missouri, Kansas, New Mexico, Utah, and your lovely Colorado, tax Social Security. So it varies greatly from state to state. So that's part of your planning, too, if you're going to move. And obviously, we hear where people make permanent residence down in Florida, for instance, because it's warm and sunny. And you know they don't pay any state income taxes in Florida. So, yes, the, they do vary, and they will have an impact on your retirement because some of these state tax rates, you know, Hawaii goes up to 11%, California goes up to 13%. I it's mean, that could yeah, that could really have an impact uh on your uh on your retirement income you take after your IRA. We uh just just having recently moved states. I know I'm not a retiree, but just sort of still experiencing this a little bit, definitely getting used to the different taxes in uh in Colorado. Um, first of all, it was car registrations. My goodness, how expensive that is. Um, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and then very expensive property taxes. Now, we, our new home that we just moved into is a, um, what do you call it? It's, a, it's kind of a weird like metro tax thing. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of these in, in, in your area, Scott. But like they combine your county, city, and your HOA fees uh, all into like a metro tax for like a for a larger neighborhood. They create these little metro taxes. Right. So, yeah. That's so like your lo- that's your local taxes. Yes, that's all your local oh, taxes. Like your city taxes. City, city, county, yeah, kind of rolls it all in. I know that's not exactly the state side, but still just getting used to new ways of being taxed as you move in and around different states and places and Sometimes it's not necessarily like you you know you may be taxed higher in those areas but then lower in other transactions right other parts of the equation right right and you know Colorado's a flat tax state at four point five five percent so uh, everybody's paying the same in Colorado look at you dropping that knowledge <laughs> amazing that's what they pay me for that's that's awesome all right very good so be aware of those changes when you move state to state it can it can catch you by surprise if you're not ready for it so just be aware absolutely of uh, are there any tax benefits for making charitable contributions in retirement uh, there's always kind of benefits for making those charitable contributions does it get even better in retirement well, you know what? It the one thing I mentioned that's different in retirement than when you're when you're working and you're younger is that you can take your requirement of distribution like I mentioned before and donate that to charity and not have to pay taxes on it. So that's one thing you can do when you're over 70 and a half. Yes, they kept the 70 and a half with that role. That you can take that money out of the IRA. Shoot, and, I thought we were getting rid of those. Yeah, I know. We still got they're still hanging around those halves. Um but, you know, anybody on their tax return, a married couple can can write off $600 worth of charitable contributions as a top line deduction. And, um, you know, if you, if you do make large charitable contributions, you certainly can do that. But what I, when, when I consult and talk with clients is maybe we kind of pull them together in one year and make a big one because, like I said, a married couple... You need over twenty-seven thousand seven hundred dollars in 
uh, deductions in order to be higher than that standard deduction to make it useful. So if you donate $10,000 to charity in one year, and that's your only deduction, you'll have mortgage interest or anything else, you can't even use that on your taxes. Uh, you can only use $600 of it if, you, if you're filing jointly. So sometimes it makes sense to pull it together and do one big year or something. So the charitable rules are pretty much going to be the same in retirement, except for that qualified charitable distributions. Okay, very good. Uh, top 10 tax questions for retirees in 2023. We're on to number eight. What are the tax considerations for gifting money to my children and grandchildren during retirement? So, you know, this used to be a big deal, but it's not so much anymore. When you make gifting to, you know, your children, for instance, what happens is it goes against something called your unified credit exemption. Well, that is the number that your estate would be subject to federal estate tax, you know, which now is in excess of $13 million. So if you donate $20,000 to your kids, it comes off that $13 million exemption when you pass away. So it's not necessarily a big deal. You know, now gifting money to your children like it used to be. So that really doesn't, doesn't come into play a whole lot anymore. And, you know, nowadays I don't, a lot of people don't necessarily gift a lot of money, at least a lot of my clients to their, their, you know, their children. And it's not that they, they don't necessarily want to, it's just that it never seems to be come up. Uh, we do more of the planning of when they pass away, making sure uncle Sam keeps their money, their, his hands out of that money. That's helpful to know. Yeah. I know a lot of uh, different strategies can come into play there with the gifting to, to loved ones and, and trying to pass that, that money while you're alive versus after you pass away. There's so many different little uh, layers there. Always best to work with a professional when you're trying to plan out those things. Uh, number nine, are there any tax issues with a uh, starting a small or side business in retirement? Those who maybe want to just sort of like semi-retire. Well, Walter, we're kind of opening up Pandora's box uh -oh. on this one. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I mean, when you own a business, you know, there can be some tax advantages to that. Uh, I've got clients that are retired, have little side gigs, and, and they've got businesses. It does allow you to write off some different things that you normally would not be write off against that income. Uh, don't forget that any income that you make from that business uh, you know, is going to be pat more than likely pass through income to you. And, um, you know, if you, if you structure it properly as an S corp or an LLC taxes and S corp, I'm, I'm starting to get in the weeds here. Uh, you can write off a, a lot of different things and can help to lower your taxes while you kind of do your little, uh, side gig. Well, I like that. That's re that's reasonable. We'll stop it there. We won't dive any further. Oh, yeah, I could go since, on forever. Since we're opening up Pandora's box there. <laughs> uh, if you're wanting to start a side business or continue working a little bit in retirement and wondering about the implications of that, sounds like a good one-on-one -on -one conversation topic with Scott. So we'll give you that contact info to get in touch here in just a second. Uh, number 10, I left open, Scott, as uh, advisor's choice. So you pick what's ta top 10 tax question number 10 for 2023. You know, one of the the strategies that I really like is utilizing HSA accounts. Okay. Okay. Uh, HSA accounts are very unique because they are the only truly triple tax-free savings vehicle that's available out there. So you can actually, you get a tax deduction putting the money in, 
It grows tax-free when it's in there. And if you use it for medical expenses, it is tax-free on the way out. So, you know, I've been doing this almost 30 years now, Walter, and every retiree's got a lot of medical expenses, okay? So if you can max out and, and keep that money in that HSA, it can all continue to grow tax-free for you. And then when you get in retirement, you can use that to pay your medical expenses tax-free in your retirement. Because again, you're going to need a lot of medical expenses to write it off to get past that standard deduction. So when you go and get your prescription that's you know $60 or whatever it is, you just use your HSA account and it's tax-free. So that's one of the things I always encourage people to build an HSA if it's available to you. It's only usually available to people with high uh, deductible insurance plans. But, you know, your plan will, if it's HSA eligible, take advantage of it. Um, you know, there are limits on what you can put in. A, a family can put up $7,750 a year in there, an individual $3,850. So, uh, yeah, I encourage that HSA. It's a nice tool that you will definitely use in your retirement. All right, very good. If you have any questions about some of the tax items we've talked about on today's show or something we didn't cover or want to get into more specifics, reach out to Scott by calling 888-742-0111, 888-742-0111, or go online to talktoscott.com and schedule a free consultation from your smartphone or computer. And we'll put contact info in the description of today's show so you can find it easily as well. All right, you more know coming what, up. Walter? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to mention, you know, we just released our new 2023 tax planning guide. Ooh, you know, right. so if anybody wants that, you know, for retirees, a lot of this info's in here, gives you a lot of good ideas. You'll reach out. We'll be more than happy to send you a copy of that. So get your tax planning guide by reaching out to Scott Searles, 888-742-0111. You can also go to the website skyboxfinancialgroup.com and use the contact page to get in touch as well, whatever's easiest for you. Well, coming up, we're going to get to know Scott a little bit better. We're talking on today's show about $10 million, and uh, then we're going to have a great question to end the show today from somebody who's frustrated and stressed out. We'll see if we can help alleviate some of that as well. Uh, coming up next, it's Getting to Know You. It's Getting to Know You time. All right, so our question on today's episode, Scott, is if you could give $10 million to any single charitable cause, what would it be? And that's the catch. You have to give all $10 million to one charity. You can't divvy it up. Okay, all right. Well, I think in the real world, I would probably divvy it up, right? right. But if I had to do $10 million to one place, you know what? I have, we have friends of ours whose son was in an accident and had a spinal cord injury, and... uh you know, he is uh, paralyzed, like, from the chest down. And uh, I think that $10 million would go to, you know, spinal care injury research. Oh, I like that. Spinal care injury research. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice and simple. Spinal spinal injury research. I don't know yeah. where the care, the care popped out there. I don't know. But, yeah, the spinal injury research to, uh, you know, help people have been in accidents and, uh you know, are, are paralyzed in one way, shape, or form. Very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, well, there you go. Um, I know that's near and dear to your heart. I think something we had talked about probably a couple of years back on the, the show when that happened, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. remember discussing that and uh, what your daughters went through with it being kind of a friend of the family, right? And Yeah, um, yeah. And it's uh, their same age as, as my twins. He's mm. the same age, so. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's uh, some, some good insight. Yeah, I think that would be great to be able to contribute to something like that. Well, that's getting to know Scott a little bit better. Now we will get to our question of the week from a listener, and uh, it's a good one, so listen up. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So our question comes from Ethan, and it's a little bit of a longer one. So Ethan says, I've been frustrated and stressed out with my job for a very long time now. I would have left years ago except for the fact that I receive a sizable retention bonus every spring along with stock options. Every time it seems like I can't take the job anymore, I'm always just a couple of months away from the bonus. So I decide to stick it out for a few more months, and then I'm just stuck in this vicious cycle. I see why they call it golden handcuffs. At what point can I just walk away from the next bonus without feeling stupid? Well, you know what, Ethan, I, I, you know, things like that with the golden handcuffs and the bonuses, uh, they're a blessing and a curse, right? You get frustrated with your job, but you're sticking around for the money. So from, I guess from a therapist standpoint, I would tell you that, you know, sometimes there's a lot more important things than money that comes weird from a financial advisor, right? But it's, uh, you know, you have to, you have to make sure your health is taken care of. You're not stressed out and you're having a good quality of life. And if it's the job's driving you crazy, you know, I would suggest that you meet with a financial professional, fiduciary, develop a plan, make sure you have enough money to last you the rest of your life. And that's going to give you the comfort to know that, Hey, whenever I want to leave, I can leave. Now, with that said, I would recommend you would wait until after you get your retention bonus in the year before leaving uh, in any given year. But once you know you've got the funds to be able to retire, you know, that's always going to be a vicious cycle. You know, you know what are you never going to retire? I mean, you, you know, at some point you're going to have to pull that trigger. And if you know you feel comfortable and you have what you know, the money to be able to last your lifetime, that job stressing you out, get the heck out of there. Great point, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Ethan, thank you for the question. You're that prime person who just would really benefit probably from a consultation, really putting numbers down, seeing what the retirement plan looks like, and it might make those golden handcuffs feel a little looser when you can really get an idea of how comfortable you could be in retirement without that bonus coming in again next year. So kind of a see the forest through the trees thing. You know, I, I like that that vision here. And uh, Ethan, I think that would be really helpful for you. So again, if you want to set up a free consultation, maybe you're in Ethan's situation or have something similar going on in your financial life and would benefit from diving in a little bit deeper and getting a true financial plan in place, Set up that time to visit with Scott. TalkToScott.com is the place to go. And you can also call, again, 888-742-0111. Or just check the show notes today, and you can find all the contact information to reach Scott. Well, Scott, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for diving in deep with us on this tax conversation. And don't forget, folks, if you want to pick up that, uh, that tax planning guide for 2023, you can get a copy of that by getting in touch as well. And, Scott, we will look forward to talking to you again next time. It's always a pleasure, Walter. You bet. Have a good couple of weeks, and we'll see everybody next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Cavs.
Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.